when I walked out of there, I had this new lease on life, but I, I realized just recently, this is where it gets really vulnerable. I had told myself a lie. And here I'd faced all this unconditional love, but I told myself that there must, I, I, I had to prove that there was something worthy of saving. And so then I would have to go out into the world and do things. And so, you know, I have been driven by people and stories and love, but there was that underlying lie. So in the last year, as that came up from deep unconsciousness and a little help from above, I, um, it's like, who am I now? If, if, if this lie is no longer running the show, who am I and what do I stand for? And what am I here to do on the planet? Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, Night Shift Emergency Physician, Burnout Thriver, and Wellness Champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. Here. Hello, 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 hello. Fearless Freedom Tribe is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today, we have none other than the amazing Bridget Cook Birch, and she is going to tell us who she is and all about what she does. Take it away, Bridget. All right, we'll do that. Thanks, Dr. G. I'll, I'll tell you what, my name is Bridget Cook Birch, as you mentioned. Um, my clients call me the book whisperer uh, just because I love stories. I love people. I love stories. And I've been doing this for a number of years. I'm 10 years in the business of just this. I've been writing for about 20 years. I'm a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author. But my passion is to help other people to be able to express their stories, learn from their stories, and be able to get their stories out in a beautiful, transformative way that changes the world. So in a nutshell, that's who I am and what I'm about. Awesome. So you have to tell us about how you got started with stories, writing. It sounds like happened first, right? So how did that, how did that happen? Did you major in that in college or was it just a passion that you had for a while or how to let us, let us know how that happened? Well, that would have been great had I majored in that in school, but um, I was a reader. So I actually started with reading before ever writing. And um, I was always just, I grew up in a small town and reading got me big places. You know, I got to travel. I got to experience through other people's eyes, both fiction and nonfiction. So there were books like Uncle Tom's Cabin and To Kill the Mockingbird that as a young girl affected me so deeply about who I would become and what kind of promises I would make to myself about, 
you know, what would happen if I saw, say, racial prejudice, or if I saw, you know, the wrong person experiencing injustice or people being marginalized. And so even just at a young age, I wanted to do something with words. And I thought I wanted to be an attorney until I went to pre-law and um, spent only about two weeks in a law office and saw how miserable everybody was. And oh, I was no. like, this is not for me. I am not the paper person. I am the people person and stories. And so, um, uh, yeah, I was in college, but I, I had a near-death experience that completely changed my life. Because the story that I had been telling myself was that I was not worthy. I was not good at anything. I was failing life. I was failing relationships. I was failing school. Um, I just, you know, I had this story. And then I had a presence that let me know I was being given a second chance at life. That's a whole other big story. But I walked out of that hospital with that promise of 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 a new life and an opportunity to do something different and I was told I'd never have kids and then all of a sudden I got pregnant and my doctor was just as shocked as I was and I I realized that maybe there might be something that I could do and not take this pregnancy or this life for granted because when I went to school and college I graduated with a couple degrees um, in political science uh, international relations, public administration, and Russian with some of these certificates. Oh, Russian. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which okay. I can't speak for anything, but I can read it. <laughs> Just can't okay. Speak. okay. Okay. <laughs> but I, I wanted to do, you know, something in that arena and then realize that would involve um, a, a ton of travel and yes. you know, some yeah. other things. And I'm like, what do I do? I've got conflicting priorities. And then I realized I had a skill set to love people, but also love their stories. And I could weave magic with words. And so, um, yeah, I started working with, uh, for community learning centers in Denver, Colorado, and they were working with high-risk kids. So Bloods, Crips, Nuestra Familia, you know, uh, lots of gang kids. And I got to see how words could change their lives and how love could change their lives. Yeah. And so I fell in love with the human soul and I've been writing stories ever since. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, wow. And so this, uh, and so how is your, like, how old is your child now? Uh, <laughs> she's over 30 and oh, she wants, no way. wants me to tell everybody, but yeah, she is. And I got, oh I'm God, I have three grandkids. Two what? boys and a girl. So yeah. That's the way you got a 30 year old. No way. Yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I mean, I know, but you just look awesome. Well, okay. That is amazing. Yeah. So she's a miracle and mm-hmm. you know, everything else that occurred sounds like it was a miracle. That is really cool. And then, so have you had an opportunity or I know that immediately you saw a difference in what you were doing when you were in Colorado with the youth groups. Um, have you, have you ever like encountered any of the students that you worked with and in their adulthood? Like, have you seen them again or have you heard anything about how they're doing like long-term there's there's a, a couple of kids that um, that I was able to look up on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, 
some of the work that I did, like we were very careful about kids and names because they're all sure, under 18 sure. and things like that. Yeah. So there were some of them I didn't, I didn't even, I was never even given their, their last name, just an initial okay. or, or whatever it might be. But there's two that I looked up on LinkedIn. And okay. so one, one is a sales guy and okay. the other one, um, he's running like a, a surgical unit um near Colorado Springs so oh, he he probably awesome. wouldn't remember me but dang I remember his story. well yes but that's so good uh, that's awesome that's awesome yeah it's good to get like you know sometimes we do things and we we um we try our best to like make an impact in the lives of others but then we never really know like what was the the end result and so it's good to to have that because you know, then, then, you know, like what you're doing wasn't in vain. You know what I mean? So that, that part is really cool. And I know that there had to be a lot of moments when you were working there, um, when you were dealing with the children's fear, like, you know, because I mean, people join, join gangs because they're looking for something that they're missing. They're not getting in another part of their lives. Right. I mean, cause the gang is like a family and maybe things are not the same for them. Or a gang can also mean, um, opportunity for something, right? Like something like um, being able to get a resource or, you know, getting protection, what, whatever it is that, they, that they're getting from that. And so there is fear involved that allows for them to join to begin with. And then, mm -hmm. so I wonder, like, did they ever address any of those kinds of things in their work? Or did you encounter that when you're working with them? Like, how did, how did that part go? Well, I, I think it's fascinating that you that you ask about fear because with with gang kids, I find it's food, protection, um, and family, or significance, or all four. And these are the things that they're looking for. Sometimes it's significance because you know they want to they part of that protection. They they want to make sure that they're safe. Um, sometimes it's just they want to be significant and seen as something else than where they think they come from. But fear guides a lot of those decisions. But also it's like sometimes mom and dad are gang members and grandma and grandpa and aunt and mm. uncle. So it can okay. be this this cultural phenomenon where they don't see another way of life until someone cares enough about them to show them something else. And and um, one of my favorite things was um, the gentleman Joe Sprague who ran community learning centers. He also bought a rafting company. So here's really? a lot of these kids growing up in cement jungles. And then they go out on the wild Arkansas River oh, nice. in these rafts and, yeah. you know, their eyes are wide. Oh, and... yeah. It's like a new experience. Exactly. Oh, and and awesome. really having to face like, you know, man and nature and things like that. And the power dynamics, I watched the power dynamics shift a lot amongst these kids. And I, I just, I, it was one of the most natural but beautiful ways for some of the kids that were um, quieter and maybe didn't always show up as a leader, but, you know, to see something like them pull a buddy out of the water, okay. you know, to show up in their magnificence, to, to care enough to keep someone else safe, you know, and, and I saw respect begin to develop real respect rather than just, you know, some of the, some of the dynamics that we might see inside the houses. And so it was it was extraordinary and they had to face their fears and they figured out wow you know i can go from 
being in this little, you know, playing video games and hanging out with my friends on, you know, five street corners to I can actually like master the river and learn how to do things. And some things are out of my control, but here's what's in my control and I can show up in my capacity. It was, it was beautiful. Like you would see softening of some things and then a strengthening of other things you know shoulders going up and back and their head okay. being up okay. instead of down and they could look at you in your eyes rather than having to look away or, or not being able to carry on a conversation those were the evolutions that made me fall in love with the human soul wow wow sounds like you learned a lot from them <laughs> i learned a lot from them it is true it oh, is that's true. awesome that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. I mean, and and I cannot, um, you know, it's like you, when you're put in an environment where it's completely different from your usual environment and you have no control, that is like the ultimate big push towards growth. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, so it and sounds like they got that. that. <laughs> yeah, well, I volunteered to facilitate a ropes course from time to time and did it for like five years in a row. I love it because people really get to face their fears. And, you know, of course, there's harnesses and ropes and safety and different things like that. But, you know, even just this projection of, oh, my heck, I've got to go out on a limb. I've got to climb this high tree. I've got to balance on a beam. I've got to do things that we normally wouldn't do. And then to watch people just shine. I love that. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And what about you? Did you have any fears as you're working with these kids? I didn't. You know, after my near-death experience, I was not afraid of the kids at all. I think before that, I would have been nervous about where they came from and maybe some of their background, but I wasn't afraid of the kids. Um, I had my own fears, like, you know, am I going to do a good job? Will, will this actually be of service to someone? Um, you know, will I mess something up? And, um, you know, I made my mistakes, that is for sure. But I, I also, you know, by sticking with it, even through the mistakes I made, because, you know, in my past, I would have, oh, I made a mistake, and I would have run away. And this time, it was like, oh, I made a mistake. But also, because this was a rehabilitation thing, um, they weren't about walking away from mistakes, they were about learning from them. Right, and right. so, you know, I, I cost the company some money at one time, because I grew up in a home where we didn't use derogatory terms for anyone not a single person. And so I grew up actually a little prejudiced against prejudiced people. And um, one time I did a, a newsletter, put it all together, spent hours, hundreds of hours. You wouldn't believe it, Dr. G on all of this. Oh and God. then um, I had put in it um, now a word from our favorite spooks. Well, I did not know oh. that that was derogatory. Cause again, my yeah. family didn't speak that also yeah. my school didn't speak that. And so um, we had to scrap all of that and start over and put oh, a new Oh, yeah, because that uh, that would not have been good. It would not have been good. And, and so I cost them money, but they didn't, they didn't let me go. I got to learn from that. And right. that, has, that 
I never assume anything anymore as to the best of my ability. I mean, we all make assumptions, but to the best of my ability, I don't make assumptions and I check in and I get editors and, you know, feedback and do beta readers for books and things like that, because we, we all live life with blinders and boxes and we don't know. Right. Yeah. And, and and it's so interesting that you say that. And I really appreciate your vulnerability with that because I think I, I have this conversation a lot. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that like, you know, um, seeing more of the world is just helpful, you know, mm-hmm. because of that, right? Right. Is you never got exposed to it. And so you didn't think anything of it. And then, you know, like, this could have been a really thing, something that could have blown up very large, but that's why I'm always like, man, it's so good to like travel. Even if you don't have the means to travel outside of the United States, still even traveling to different parts of the United States, just so that you can become aware of more things. Because if you're from a very parochial place, these are all the thoughts and, 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 um, and concepts that you're exposed to and that you're going to, you know, believe. And so you're going to be totally unaware and you really can't rely on television and the media because everything is hyperbole, right? Most of the time (laughs) and skewed. And, but if you go out and talk to other people in other places, you will get a better understanding of what's what, and you won't be in a situation where you may say something or do something and it's completely, you know, taken in a different way. So, yeah, yeah. so I just, that's my plug for travel and exposure. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree. And even then, don't assume anything because I, right, no, absolutely. I lived in Charleston, South Carolina for a a while and I loved all the different cultures and people and everything. And I had friends and I dated a few people that were of different color, different background. And I found, you know, to my surprise that it was, a lot of the whites that were more prejudiced and it drove me crazy, but I still mm. never heard that word. Never right. No, sure. Yeah, word, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, I, so even though I had done a little bit of travel and it opened my whole world, jazz and blues and oh, yeah. you know, great people and great food and, you know, Cajun culture and other things, I still never heard that. So this is my word to the wise, always get a good editor. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. Absolutely. 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 Cool. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show.
And then, so, um, so you had that experience and then you went to, what was the next step? So you did the, you did that program for a number of years. It sounds like, mm-hmm. and then was the, was the writing of books next or what came the next? The writing of books did come next. Um, I, I started working on a book, um, that I thought was fiction and it was about a former kid who walks away from his gang and has a price tag on his head. And then I had a dream about the book and the story and it, um, everything felt so real and so lifelike. It was crazy. And I, I was on vacation with my family, but I got up at two o'clock in the morning. I'm still writing at 10 AM. Cause I just had character scenes, plots, chapters, eye color, right, like right. you name it. Yeah. And, and then come to find out that the hero of my story was real. So oh. it was my first book was about a former skinhead who was very powerful. Um, he grew up with a, a whole gang of skinheads that were not prejudiced against skin color or anything else. But then another faction came in and kind of forced their hand. And then okay. they became more of the, the hardliners until he became a dad. And all of a sudden he's realizing, you know, my kids might not even make it to be my age because Mm -hmm. of all the hatred and the Mm -hmm. things he was raising them in. And so very quietly, he started talking to different people of all backgrounds and walks of life. He ended up walking away from the skinheads, $3 million price tag on his head and websites that said terminate on site. But he's worked for the Southern Poverty Law Center. He's been on White House crime panels. He's taught police and military what to watch for because becoming a dad made him realize who he really wanted to be. And um, he used all the skill sets that he used to use to destroy instead to build. And so he became quite a remarkable person. And because of my background with these gang kids, I was just so intrigued by what he'd done. But right. couldn't believe that a dream actually turned out to be reality. Wow. That was my That's first. wild. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. It was wild. Okay. Okay. And then so you were, so you're writing for a little while and then. Then you transition to what you do now? Well, um, I went on a journey, <laughs> as okay. a lot of people do. I um, I was in the process of, of getting a divorce. I was leaving a, an abusive okay. marriage, and it was really tough. And um, But I was writing a book called um, Shattered Silence, and it was about a serial killer's daughter and how she overcame this skeleton in her closet. And there was a lot to do with how women are treated in society and that at times are used as, you know, um, fantasy items, but not people they're objectified. And um, it it made me confront abuse in my own home. And um, it was another fear I had to face. And so I grew a lot when I wrote that first book um, because I had to travel into dark places and then also go into the light of where he had gone and how he was changing the world. Well, same thing with this book. And um, so I wrote that, that book came out on Oprah, Dr. Phil, CNN, Good Morning America. It, it was really extraordinary because nobody at that time, no one who was a, a family member of a serial killer had ever written their own story and how they confronted this in their family. Right, right. And so um, she's gone on to be an amazing producer in LA. Um, and then, uh, so a lot of acclaim was coming and a lot of people were asking if I would write their stories. At the time I was a single mom, I was running a trucking company uh, and a farm wow. book. 
And people are calling me up and saying, can you please write my life story? And I'm like, I got to refer these people to someone. I don't, I don't have, you know, I can't write 200 people's stories. And um, that's actually when I developed my inspired writers retreat. Because I thought anyone that gets good training could write their own stories and then they can get a good editor. It doesn't matter if you have an eighth grade education or if you're college prepped. If, if you can put your content down on paper in a really effective way, um, you can create a bestseller. You just need to have a good editor. And nice. so I created these retreats. I've been doing them for 10 years. Um, I had a New York Times called the, the Witness War Red, New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller. Uh, last year, I came out with uh, Divine Turbulence, an international number one bestseller. Uh, about the sculptor of the statue of responsibility and that's very cool because we're going to be seeing gary's monument on the west coast and it was part of dr victor frankel's dream that we have a statue of liberty and a statue of responsibility and then today guess what we just launched a brand book today oh really when god has more faith than your doctor's and it's a okay. gentleman who had a near-death experience, but he grew up from absolute abject poverty. And you and I were talking about that, right? Yeah. Scary money. Yes. Um, to to creating abundance, but also being able to have more more. You know, God had more faith in him than his doctors even, and he had a near-death experience, a coma, and some amazing things that happened on the other side. Um, that he had enough courage to share with the world. So it launched today. It's already hit number one okay. uh, bestseller and it's still going. So yeah, it's been quite a ride. Lots of yeah, beautiful- looks like it. Seems like it. And ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah, good, 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 good. That's fantastic. And then so so you have to tell everybody. So the name of the book you just mentioned, so people can go and look for that. Um, and then the other thing is you have to tell people if they're looking to be a part of the, your next retreat or they're, they want to work with you, like, how can they do that? Well, thank you. Um, if people are, are now I got to tell you, I'm not the person that helps to write an expensive business card. There's a lot of people on the planet that can help you do that. But if you want to write a truly inspirational story, one that transforms people, then I'm your gal. And okay. so my website is called yourinspiredstory.com and the retreat is called the Inspired Writers Retreat. And I would Beautiful. love to see you there. I do them a couple times a year. Um, for the upcoming one, I only have a couple spaces open. So if you're if you're going to want to get in that one, please do now. But uh, find me on Facebook, Instagram. I'm so happy to talk to people about their stories. And on Facebook and Instagram, you are also the Inspired Story. Yeah, your inspired story or Bridget Cook Birch, the book Got it. whisper. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. 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 And then, so now you have, I mean, you have, uh, and you have basically faced some incredible fears over the years, uh, mm-hmm. and you have come on other side, amazing, amazing fashion. Is there any fear that you are now currently facing that you're like, you have a plan for how you're going to address it or, you know, like how, how is that going? Oh, well, I talked to you about how I loved your very vulnerable um, podcast from a couple of years ago. So all, uh, you know, as I was researching this and I'm like, that's a vulnerable question to ask. And then I thought, well, this is what I ask my authors to do all the time. Right. 
So I will just tell you that after my near death experience, um, and, and in that room, I just need to tell you, there was so much unconditional love. Like it didn't matter that I was failing school, that I was in debt, you know, that I had screwed up relationships, you know, these things, there was just so much love that everything in the whole room was vibrating it, including every cell in my body. It was incredible. And um, when I walked out of there, I had this new lease on life, but I, I realized just recently, this is where it gets really vulnerable. I had told myself a lie and here I'd faced all this unconditional love, but I told myself that there must, I, I, I had to prove that there was something worthy of saving. And so then I would have to go out into the world and do things. And so, you know, I have been driven by people and stories and love, but there was that underlying lie. So in the last year, as that came up from deep unconsciousness and a little help from above, I, um, it's like, who am I now? If, if, if this lie is no longer running the show, who am I and what do I stand for? And what am I here to do on the planet? And um, just recently, I realized I would do the same thing. Like, <laughs> I well, love that's it. good. Yes, that's good when you can say I, no regrets. Exactly. No regrets. And I do believe in the power of story to change the world. And I think that right now in human history, we need more good stories. Absolutely. We hear a Absolutely. lot of hard, horrific stories, but the yes. ones that come from darkness into light. I think we need more leaders. We need more people that operate on that, that know it from within themselves and can bring it out into the world. And so I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing, but also concentrate on being, but it's scary. Like every day I'm like, okay, indeed. here I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's great. I love that you said no regrets. Like, I love that. That's just like, that's the stuff I tell my kids. I'm like, look, you got to live your life, but you got to live it fully because you don't want to look back and be wondering like could have, would have, should have. That's, you know, that's, that's not a really healthy thing. So I love that. I love that you had, you have the ability to reflect and say that that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. It's such, such a good conversation, Bridget. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. So many things coming out. So many nuggets. Really appreciate it. And we're, we're at that part of the show where we do fill in the blanks. Are you ready for that? You ready for the fill in the blanks? I'm, I'm ready for that. <laughs> okay, fantastic, fantastic. Okay, so the first one is, if I am fearless, I will. I will write and share fearless, fearless stories, even my own, that will change the world. Love it, love it, love it, love it. The next one is, to me, Fearless freedom means. Mm. I think fearless freedom means having faith to take another step forward and to for each of us to fulfill the measure of our creation. And so that's what fearless freedom means to me. And that's like, oh, I love that. Uh, I put it on my desk over here so I can see it. I love that that's what you are all about. Thank you. And I like, I love your answer. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the last one um, is my battle cry is. 
Okay. Well, that's a good one because that has been a part of this vulnerable journey that I was telling you about. Yes. So it's, it's two words. Um, My battle cry is I am redeemed and unleashed. Love it. So awesome. awesome. And then you have to tell the Fearless Freedom Tribe one more time, the website, and then if you don't mind spelling your last name so that they don't look for a different person um, and so that they can find you. Beautiful. So my website is your inspired with a D inspired story.com. And my name is Bridget B R I D G E T. Last name is cook birch kind of a mouthful C O O K dash B U R C H. Perfect. 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 Well, we thank you so much for taking time out and spending with us here on the podcast. And we really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing your story and sharing pearls because you did share quite a lot of pearls. We really appreciate that as well. And we're looking forward to seeing amazing things continue to come from you, Bridget. And um, we hope that you have an amazing, amazing rest of day or evening. Um, Yeah. You as well. Thank you. Okay. All right. (laughs)